Here is a sneak peek from this week's episode. We did it at sunset, and that was, of course, the best time to do the Santorini flying dress was at sunset. Oh, and we yeah. we just that cable car down when we were trying to find our driver to take us to to our photographer. He the cable car line probably would have taken you two hours to get down. So you can take that cable car, or you take a ten euro donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you take a cable car if you can take a donkey? Exactly. Exactly. Like, highly, if you can and you're comfortable with it, take the donkey. 100%. Take the donkey. Do the flying dress. Best day ever. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we are the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoy it as much as we do, or those that want to learn more about travel, or even those that just want to live vicariously through our travel stories. No matter where you fall along that journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most interesting and amazing places on earth. Sun, salty air, and delicious foods, along with wonderful hospitality. Today we are traveling to Greece, but we're going to take you a little off the beaten path as we discover some of our favorite islands you may have never heard of before. We'll travel on planes and ferry boats as we explore places to stay, magnificent food, and gorgeous waters that are calling your name. So pack your swimsuit and maybe a couple of outfits, and let's get started on an adventure you will never forget. When people think of Greece, they imagine the Parthenon, the Acropolis, or maybe one of the cruise port islands such as Mykonos or Santorini. Today, we want to take you deeper into Greece and explore a few minor islands that are part of the Greek Cyclades in the Aegean Sea. We talked a little bit about this in our episode about our long summer trip through Europe. Our journey will start in the popular island of Santorini, but then we're going to hop over to Milos, Sifnos, and Peros. We'll talk about where we stayed, what we did, and the delicious food we ate. So let's get started. So, Scott, we flew to Santorini after we had been in Italy for several days. We were in Naples and exploring the Amalfi Coast, and so we actually took a flight from Naples to Santorini. And so just, I think we've mentioned this before, but that is a great way to just get around in Europe. If you can get to like one of the big cities, you can often find inexpensive flights to smaller places. And so don't think when you're maybe booking a flight from the U.S., okay, how do I get to Santorini, right? Right. So you'll be going to, I mean, you could go to Athens, but you could go to, you know, lots of places in Europe and then find a cheaper flight to Santorini. So just wanted to remind everyone of that. So Santorini is known for the beautiful sunsets and the white cave houses built into the side of the hill with the blue and then looking over that magnificent caldera. And so it is important to note, and we've we've talked about this, we even commented on it while we were there, that Santorini is not the easiest place to navigate if you have mobility issues. Lots of steps and no ramps. And so I think prompted our discussion is we actually saw somebody who was like, maybe like on the back way, like where cars could go. And then they had a wheelchair or a scooter. And we just were like, not really sure. Like you'd have to get a, get out and walk. So for sure. Yeah. And then we've also talked about, you know, just the, the the paths were very narrow too. the, The paths were narrow. And then just a lot of them were like cobblestone or rock or stuff like that. I mean, we also said it's not the best idea to, um, 
you know, have like a rolling suitcase, even if you're having yeah. to get from, I mean, I even think, I mean, I think the people who own the B&B that we stayed at, like helped us, like they, they had our driver from the airport meet us somewhere. Right. And then he, I don't even remember, had somewhere to take our like bags, but came. yeah, the brother came and like took our bags and stuff like that. And I think we're amazed. Oh, y'all just have backpacks anyway, you know, or something like that. But if you have you know, rolling suitcases, you're the one going clickety clack, 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 you know, down the, down the cobblestone streets and stuff like that. So just being aware of that for Santorini, which wouldn't necessarily be the case in a lot of the other places that we're going to talk about, you know, but Santorini is very condensed town with, you know, hills and steps and stuff like that. So it wouldn't right. be the case in some of these, these other places as well. So most people want to be in the area known, I think it's Oya, O-I-A, which is the westernmost part of the island. The sunsets here are absolutely fantastic, and I guarantee they're probably some of the most photographed sunsets in the world. Melissa talked about the whitewashed cave houses that were built into the side of the hill and that Mediterranean blue dome that is you know, very typical of that Greek architecture, Mediterranean architecture that are sprinkled across the landscape. This place is gorgeous. I recently had the opportunity to interview a friend of mine about an excursion she did in Santorini as part of the cruise while they were in the port. So let's, you know, pop over into that interview real quick. And then Melissa, and I, you and I can come back and talk more about the rest of the islands after this. I'm joined today by my good friend, Suzanne, who recently traveled to Greece on Adventure of a Lifetime. Hey, Suzanne. Hi, Scott. Let's start out by telling a little bit about your trip. You know, was this something you had planned for a while? It was, actually. Brooke, a great friend of mine, said, you know, let's take our moms on a trip. And I thought, you know, that's a great idea. They're getting older. And I know my mom personally hadn't really traveled outside of Canada or, or North America. So I said, let's do that. So she said, let's take them on a cruise. Let's do a Greek, a Greek cruise. And I had never been there either. So I said, let's do it. So we actually started planning in about April, May for October 2022. And when I, when she had brought this to my attention, I instantly thought of my bucket list and on my bucket list. And I really actually never thought that I would ever get to Santorini, but that was one of our stops on the second day. And so I got back to my bucket list and I said, the Santorini flying dress. And I kind of, I tried to keep it a little bit of a secret with Brooke because I, I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't really know what it involved. (laughs) So once I knew we were going, I said, Hey Brooke, is this something you want to do? And she goes, I've never heard of this before. And so I was like, okay. And as you you know, you and I both know Brooke very well. She's the queen of planning. Right. And I said, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to gonna plan this. I just, I'll tell you where to be, what you need. And so I started to do my research. <clears throat> and if you ever, you know, any of your listeners, if you've ever done it or, you know, interest in doing it, there's, a lot of companies out there that that offer the same thing. But I did my research and I found a really great one called it is just called the Santorini Flying Dress. And I looked at reviews on Facebook and talked to them. The great thing about it is whatever your budget is, they'll work with you. So if you just want to rent the dress, do an hour of photos, you know, they'll work with that. But, you know, this was, again, my bucket list. So I wanted to go all out. So I picked one of the 
the bigger packages, which was hair, makeup. You got to choose from hundreds of dresses and colors and styles. And you could do, I added the flyer, which is literally yeah. someone out of scene, fly, like lifting your dress, like flying your dress. So when you, when you Google uh, no, no, no. flying, right? When you Google Santorini flying dress, or if you look at our photos, there's someone you know, out of scene, lifting your dress so it makes it look like it's flying. But the most amazing part of this, and it's really funny, is we climbed over buildings. So yes. if back at our photos, we are on top of buildings. And to look down, it's straight down. Like, we're on a cliff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Melissa and I did a trip through Europe. And part of our time is we went through the some of the Greek islands yeah. And we started that trip on Santorini. So we didn't see this. This was something that we didn't see anyone do while we were there. So when okay. we saw your pictures that you posted on this, we were like, oh, we definitely have to talk to Suzanne about this. Yeah. I talked to a few people or friends to say, you know, we did this. Or when I posted the photos, they're like, I've never even heard of this. And I don't know where I had seen it, but I know it was a couple of years ago and it could have just been, you know, a pop up or someone had posted that they did it in one of the travel groups I follow or I really can't remember. But I thought like it was such an amazing experience because you are on top of these buildings, like your hair and makeup is done for you. You're you feel like you feel like a million bucks. And the pictures alone are, are worth, worth the experience. But we got to see parts of Santorini that probably most tourists don't go to <laughs> because we have the local photographers being like, okay, we'll climb over this fence. And then, you know, one photographer took me to a different place. They took Brooks. So we really had right. really different photos. And then they pulled us together to do them together. But I can't recommended enough if you ever get to go to Santorini and we did see others doing it all ages and there was a group of girlfriends doing it there was like eight girlfriends doing it together all different color dresses and then there was couples they might have been in their 60s or 70s so it really depending on your mobility like anyone can do it and I do recommend it yeah we do talk about mobility in Santorini because there are lots of steps. There's no ramps. Mm-hmm. It is definitely not ADA accessible. Well, let me ask you this. How did you get, did you cruise or did you fly? So we flew into Santorini. Oh, uh, okay. We had just completed a 12-day Mediterranean cruise, oh, okay. and then we were traveling, you know, as part of a, a six-week trip that we did. Well, um, the one of the best parts of Santorini, again, when I was researching, doing doing the flying dress and where to meet people. We, we cruised in to the port and you have two ways to get up to the main part of Santorini. One of them is the cable car. The other is by donkey. And so you can imagine which one I chose and recommended chose the donkey. <laughs> we did donkeys. And even my 74 year old mother got on a donkey for 10 euros and traveled up this crazy path. Like you said, like it's cobblestones. There's, bricks falling off you're like i'm gonna fall off this donkey but when you get up there and you see the view of this like zigzag path on this massive donkey like those are just things that i will never forget (laughs) took a donkey this is why 
this is why Melissa and I love talking to people about their experiences because we didn't see any of that in Santorini. Right. We totally missed all of that, but you know, what a great inspiration for others who may be thinking of traveling there and stuff that they can think of. Well, the cable car was so packed because everybody wanted to take the cable car. So going, we, I mean, we finished really late. Like we had to like run to the cable car. There, thankfully there was no line at the end of the day and like run to get the last boat to the ship. Like it was like, we, we did it at sunset. And that was of course the best time to do the Santorini flying dress was at sunset. Oh, we, yeah. we did cable car down when we were trying to find our driver to take us to, to our photographer. He, the cable car line probably would have taken you two hours to get down. So you can take the cable car or you take a 10 euro donkey. <laughs> I don't know, like, you know, Why you would know. you take a cable car if you can take a donkey? Exactly. Exactly. Like highly, if you can and you're comfortable with it, take the donkey. 100%. Take the donkey, do the flying dress. Best day ever. That, you know, I think that's going to be our epilogue for this episode is, you know, do the flying dress, take the donkey. There you go. I, I love it. There, you go. Uh, there are a few questions. There are a few questions we ask our guests mm-hmm. that we just want to learn more about, you know, kind of what's you mentioned your bucket list, your travel bucket list. What else is on that bucket list? Oh, my goodness. What else? So that was my first trip really to Europe outside of North America. Uh, And I, now that I had done that, I want to do more of it. So I've added, you know, it was so fun to be a tourist. Like I want to do France. I want to do Italy. I want to do Australia. Like I've got the big ones on my list because I've been to most places in Canada, the United States. I want to go back. I want to go back and I want to experience more, you know, the silly things like those silly tourist thing, not even silly, but you know, the Eiffel tower, yeah. you know, things like that. Silly at all. Yeah. It, those are just the, to me, not a seasoned traveler. Those are kind of the big things for me. Um, that's yeah. Those are. And once I figure out where I'm going to go, then I do my research and say, okay, what are the cool things to do in that area? That maybe not a lot of people do. So that's kind of how I, since I did the flying dress, I'm like, okay, let's do something unique to that area and then add it to my bucket list. That's awesome. Hmm. So, you know, the next question that we ask is, okay, we know a little bit about your bucket list. Where's next? Oh. What are you working on right now? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, because Brooke and I do travel very well together, we have tossed around a couple of ideas, like, you know, really going back to the Mediterranean or there was like Ireland. We thought maybe we could do Ireland. So we've kind of tossed around some ideas to do, you know, do do a cruise, Ireland, Scotland, you know, those areas right now, just kind of ideas. Hercules. You know, we just posted a new episode on a road trip through Ireland. That would, you know what? That would be amazing. Now that we're talking about this, I do have one place and I completely forgot about it till now, Scott, is I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but it's either like Menton or Menton. And it's in, it's, it's not too far from Tuscany. 
And okay. they have a lemon festival every year. And it's it's a it's a very small town, but if you want the best lemon jam, this is where it comes from. And they have parades and they have festivals. Like it's it's just based around lemons. And it's about, I think it's about March, March or April every year. That to me, if like that would be number one right now for me is to go to this area to the lemon festival. I never knew that I needed this until yep. just now. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And if you do research it, it looks absolutely amazing. And anyone, I haven't I've known anyone that has gone, but if anyone that does go, I would love some lemon jam. <laughs> But I'll go get it myself. I'm going to go get it myself. But, yeah, it looks absolutely amazing. Tiny, tiny little town right on the water. And you just explore. Just explore. And so, finally, Suzanne, you know, any tips for someone who's thinking about either creating their bucket list or, you know, planning a trip? Any tips that you would recommend? That's a great question. Don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try the things that you don't know much about. Again, going back to the Santorini dress, it's, I kept seeing it and I knew if I didn't do it, that might be the only opportunity I was ever going to get. And I really wanted to follow through. I didn't want any regrets. So don't be afraid to think outside the box to add to your bucket list and really follow through because you really don't know if you'll get that opportunity again. Terrific. Well, thank you, Suzanne. We appreciate you coming on and sharing that experience with us. This was great. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, Scott. So what is so interesting about some of the things that Suzanne talks about is that we had a completely different experience, right? She talked about the using the donkeys and then using the Cable uh, the car. cable car to go up. And honestly, I don't even remember seeing that. And I also don't know like where from our perspective, like even where the cruise ships dock, maybe they weren't there when we were there, which is quite possible, right? Because of the time of the year, we had a couple yeah. or, you know, completely on the other, on the side, other of the- side of the island. And so the only thing we saw were like these huge yachts. And then of course we saw the ferry after. So it was just so interesting you know, talking to her, listening to her, because it was just completely different experience than what we had. And it just shows that, you know, when you take these trips, like everybody is going to have their own unique experiences too. So in our experiences, we did see that 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 main part of Santorini, like that main street, I guess, where you can see the famous part that's photographed so much, it was very crowded. And then, of course, rooms in this congested area are way much more expensive. And so you had actually found a place for us to stay that was a cave house um, just outside of that area. I think that part was actually called Phoenicia. I think it's how you pronounce it. And we'll put information about like where we stayed and all that stuff in, in the show notes as well. But it was outside of that. So it was a fraction of the price. We had our very own little private swimming pool. We actually did have a view of the water. And so you only need a day or two in Santorini, I would say. Now, there are other places on the island that you could explore. And I remember our driver saying, oh, you could go to this beach and that beach and this and that. But we were really going to be doing that a lot on the other islands. And so we wanted to really just take advantage of, um, you know, making sure that we had time to use that swimming pool and just relaxing some in addition to going into town and stuff like that. So, And that place that we stayed was only like a 10 or 15 minute walk from the crowded town. So where everybody wanted to be, where all the restaurants were, 
those type of all the shops were, you know, 10, 15 minutes. You were over there from where we stayed. So it really wasn't a bad distance. Oh, no. And it was it was the cutest little walk, too. So the way that everything is built, it's like when you have the streets, then everything is like almost walled off. Right. So you're walking through the streets, but everything beside you is kind of walled. So you can like. It's almost like a little maze. Yeah, it was like a little maze and then the colorful doors and just the interesting. I mean, I do remember there being like construction going on. And I mean, they were literally having to like mix cement like right there and had like wheelbarrows. It's just so different from how construction would be in the U.S. too. So just, I mean, just a great experience. And yeah, not far and an easy, an easy walk. And I just, I think I just love that part, walking through those alleyways and, um, you know, just kind of being outside of the crowds. And of course, like we said, it was a lot less expensive as well. So we recommend that you check out. It was called Gemini Caves and it was family owned. The lady, they, like, as we said, they met us, they met, they told us like, have your car from the airport meet you here. And then they met us. And like you said, her brother took us to the place and and it was a cute little cave, you know, built into the side of the. And all of these places that we're going to talk about where we stayed while we're in Greece, we booked all of those straight through booking.com. So we can put a link to all those booking sites, uh, you know, either in the show notes or out on the website where you can go and, just click right into these. Yes, absolutely. And all of these we highly recommend. I will, we will talk a little bit about, you know, one of them and proximity and stuff like that, but everything else, I mean, we, we loved about them. So Scott, let's tell everybody how you picked the other islands that we were visiting, because I'm usually the one who plans our trips. And we talked about that in the last episode, but since this was part of a longer trip, we really had to end up at dividing and conquering and trying to get everything planned in a short amount of time. So you plan the Greece portion. So tell us a little bit about how you did that. Yeah. So like you said, it was part of a longer trip and we were really just only a few weeks out from going on it. So we didn't do a lot of advanced planning for this trip, but it all turned out well. You know, what I did is I just started with a Google search for Greek islands and, you know, the Cyclades are a chain of islands, which include Santorini. So We knew we wanted to go to Santorini, and then since these little island chains were part of that same group of islands in the same body of water, it was easy to get to those by ferry or by airplane, and so that's why I chose the ones I did. Um, Quite honestly, a lot of my choices were made based on beautiful pictures that I saw on the internet, and so we just had to choose which ones would fit into our travel schedule, and, and that's where we chose, you know, where we wanted or where we were going to stay. And it turned out to be the perfect choice. Yeah. And we really, other than that, we really didn't do a lot of advanced planning because this part of the trip was, and if, if you go to the islands in Greece, this part of your trip is going to be quite relaxing, I would say. So it was really about finding accommodations, how we were going to get to there and then to the next place. But other than that, we didn't worry about making any other. I mean, we did make the the plane ticket by the plane tickets or by the ferry tickets, but we didn't worry about restaurants or it wasn't like there was anything where we had to buy tickets for attractions or yeah. tours or anything like that. So that transportation, hotels, we made sure we had that. And then once we got there, we were very fluid in what we were going to do. Yes. Well, so we left Santorini and went to Milos, but 
you know, that day when we woke up in Santorini, something had happened overnight. Things had changed. Yeah. So actually during the night, right, we woke up to a lot of like banging and loud noises and stuff being, and we thought like there was somebody outside and, you know, banging stuff around. I don't know. It was almost kind of scary. But so I kind of went out and peeked out the door and I was like, it is so windy. And so that's what it was. It was the wind. So a lot of times people... Well, there's lots of stuff outside, right? Outdoor furniture and people hang out their clothes to dry and stuff like that. And gates. Yeah, gates. to That's right. Gates like to get into the little properties and stuff like that. And there was just stuff like blowing around everywhere. So they have a wind phenomenon there. And so the winds had just kicked up overnight. And so we were actually checking out that day and we didn't have to leave right away. So I think they came and got our bags just to kind of help us out. And we were going to just walk down this road to this winery. And I remember it being like the sand is like blowing in our face. And we're like, what is this? So of course we asked, well, so I was familiar with, if you go out to California, the Santa Ana winds at a certain time of the year. And you can't go, you can't take the boat out to Catalina Island because of that. So I was like, I asked our hostess, well, are the ferries going to run? Because I just assumed like maybe this is where, and we're going to have to like scramble and find somewhere to stay. And she just like acted like, no, no, that wouldn't like, of course the ferries are going to run. Like, what are you even talking about? So. So now we know though that winds at the beach mean rough seas. And that's exactly what we experienced on the ferry ride from Santorini into Milos. It was a pretty rough ride. Yes, it was a pretty rough ride. So we had, at the time, we had brought along, I mean, usually we don't have a huge problem with seasickness, but of course we had, just in case, we had brought along things like Dramamine. We had bought those arm straps that have like the Velcro, so we put those on. And we knew just from like previous experiences that you look out the window and you look straight ahead and you look at the seas, right? And you don't look down or try to sleep or close your eyes or anything like that. But you couldn't be outside on this ferry. No, there wasn't an outside part yeah, on this, this ferry. Was because one of those no. fast moving ferries, the, the cat ferries or whatever. And so they're cutting through the waves. A lot of water is splashing up on the on the boat as, as they're going along. And so there's really no way to be outside and get fresh air. So everybody was in the interior part of this ferry. Yes. Um, so I would say, uh, I mean, on a normal basis, like this would probably be fine for most people, you know, they're pretty fast and, and whatever, but like, if you have problems with seasickness and, and these winds come or something like that, you probably need to like delay your plans and change your, so Scott, I think you have to, I think you have to tell your story about like that we were okay. And this, unfortunately from Santorini to Milos was going to be the longest ferry that we were taking. Mm -hmm. Some of them were like super quick proximity wise. This was the longest one, probably three hours if I remember correctly. So I think you need to tell your story. And we did really well on the trip. Like Melissa said, we had our headphones and so we put music and we were just focused on the outs, you know, looking out the windows and, you know, the pressure points with those bands. And we had made it just almost to the end of the ride. And because this ferry goes on to other islands, they prepare food so that people can buy food and stuff like that. 
And, you know, there were people all around us getting sick, and that's where the headphones came in. You know, we didn't have to listen to it. We could crank our music up pretty loud. But then when they started cooking that food, oh, my God, I just couldn't handle it anymore. You guys have heard in other stories, I don't do well on these really rough seas and stuff like that. But I had made it almost all the way until they started cooking that food. And the people who work on those ferries, it's just like, you know, they just have their sea legs, right? Like, it's just absolutely no big deal. So there you go. We have that story now documented. So I will say when we got to Milos, you just like handed me your wallet and you're just like, get a taxi. And we hadn't planned to, we hadn't planned to rent a car, which in hindsight for these, for all three islands, like we should have planned ahead to plan to rent a car on all three. And so we'll talk about that in a second, but you were just like, threw me your wallet and you're just like, get us a taxi. So we, you know, I flagged somebody down and told them where we were staying and and we made it. And so that afternoon we just, you know, got there and got checked in and just rested and took a nap. And that, I mean, because that took a lot out of us, I think. Yeah. And so finally, by the I time think we did find the beach that afternoon, well, we did, there was the place that we stayed in and like we said, we'll post that. And I actually have a blog post on this where I posted some pictures. It was on this great little beach where you could absolutely see the sunset, which was really cool. It's such a juxtaposition between Santorini because we could walk out there and we were practically by ourselves, And so we're still seeing that Greek sunset and that beautiful, you know, sun just dropping into the ocean. And so, yeah, we did, we did walk out there, but it was very windy. I think that day and, and the the people there even commented, oh, the winds and, you know, how, you know, how was the journey and all that kind of stuff. But so even into, into the next day a little bit, those winds were so, but we did. And I think we may be, and we've talked about this before too, is a lot of times in Europe, like these places where you stay are going to also like part of their income is having a little restaurant. And this place wasn't in the town exactly. It was maybe 15 minutes. And so they had a little place. And I think we, you know, got maybe got something to eat there as well. So, and, you know, we didn't mention it at first, but we stayed two days and three nights on Milos. And that was the perfect amount of time we had. We got a taxi over to where we were staying first, but then we decided later that we wanted to have a car so that we could go around the rest of the island and get to other beaches and stuff like that. And so uh, once we had a car, we were able to go out and see some of the different places. And, you know, I would say don't focus too much on certain beaches and things like that that you need to go to. They're almost all phenomenal and they have their different reasons why they're why they're great. So I would say just leave yourself open to not trying to plan everything out. And also because of those winds, there may be certain sides of the islands that are better than others based on the winds and the waves and stuff like that. So, you know, just just go with whatever the situations are. Go out, explore these beaches, and this is what we're going to do for the next couple of days while we're here is we're going to spend our time out on these beaches and enjoying ourselves. Yeah. So we had like, so we got there that day. So we were very thankful that we had had extra time there. And then we had two entire days and then we left like in the afternoon on the third day. So we had plenty of time. So I will say there are a couple of places that you do want to try to visit and the pronunciation, I have no idea. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to link, I have a complete blog post on this. And so I'm going to link that so that you can go take a look at those, those beaches. 
So some of them are like sandy and some of them are like these white, almost look like you were on the another planet, like moon rocks or something that you climb over. And so that was just a neat place. And then some of them have the little boats and the little, I mean, they're almost little houses inside of the hill with colorful doors. It's a fisherman's um, village. Yeah, just a fisherman's village. And so there are places that you're going to want to see, but you you actually, if you have two whole days, like you'll have plenty of time in a rental car to drive around and take a look at those. So I'll just link that blog post, but we would highly, highly recommend Milos. And what I would say about Milos is that I think when we were at that one beach with the White Rocks, I think we did run into one other American couple. But other than that, this is a place where a lot of people who live in Greece and Europe visit. And so it was just a completely different experience than than Santorini. But I will say all the people in all of the islands that we went to, very friendly and very welcoming. And so, we, you know, we didn't have any bad experiences while we were in Greece. No. And so, yeah. And so then these little towns, like there's some little shops and, you know, just find little restaurants to go to dinner. I think that was the place where like the euros were like two euros, a euro for two euros. So euro sandwich. A euro sandwich for like two euro, like super cheap. And we would grab them and just like carry them out and take them to the beach or go to there were places where we got fresh octopus, where they would have the octopus they had just caught out there being prepared and sardines. And so just popping into little mom and pop shops and restaurants. And that was basically. And soak it all in. Yeah. I think one of our pieces of advice is enjoy their house wines. Their house wines are what the locals drink. And instead of putting it in bottles, they just get it straight, you know, delivered in barrels. And then they pour it out of the, you know straight from the barrel, and so it saves them that middleman and all the packaging and stuff like that that goes along with it. And so their house wines are very cheap, but they're very good. Yeah, I think actually like cheaper than if you try to buy bottled water or something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So from here, we took the ferry to a little island called Seafnos, and so this wasn't very far at all. And I really think absolutely no other Americans on Seafnos. Yeah, and, and thankfully the winds had died down by this point, so the ferry ride was not bad at all. Yeah, not bad at all. There. Yeah, I think they actually died down like a little bit into our first day, so we really didn't experience those winds for very long. So we did have one issue about where our accommodations were located, and so this was this is just one example of not really knowing the area and using ratings to choose our lodging. The, the lodging was super nice. But it was in a little bitty tiny town called Cherinosis, I think, maybe. And so I think Scott kind of wondered, the, the lady who was in charge, like she kept tech messaging him through the booking app, maybe, or on WhatsApp yep. or something like that, and saying, hey, like, just know we only have, was it like 10 taxis on the whole island or something like that? We only have 10 taxis on the island and this and that. And he's like, okay, and like, why does she keep telling me this? And so thankfully the taxi did, there were taxis, like, I guess they know when those ferries are coming in. So there was a taxi there and we got it and we drove and we drove and we drove like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to like the very tip of the island, little bitty place and drop us off. And she met us and it was awesome. But then of course she was like, oh, well, like, how are you going to get around? <laughs> like, how are you going to get around now? And so 
But thankfully, there was a place again, there was a place to like eat dinner that night. And we just kind of relaxed. And it was a great little bay. And it was beautiful. But there was a there was public transportation that we could take the next day. And we went into one of the bigger towns. And um, at first, they were like, no rental cars, no rental cars. But we finally found a place that had a couple available that and he told us we could drop it off when we took the ferry and stuff like that. So we would highly recommend that in addition to booking your accommodations in your ferry, like you do, you definitely need rental cars, not on Santorini. I wouldn't say unless you were going to visit the other part of Santorini or even then, I don't know that I would, cause I don't know where you would have really parked look. it on, you yeah. know, on Santorini, but these other places, like we could park it right there where we were staying. So I would say on these other islands, go ahead and pre-book some kind of rental car, which we would, after this experience, I went online and like booked it for our next stop as well. But that was the cutest little town we had and everywhere in Greece, really like fresh fish that they probably caught right there in that bay. And they, you know, cooked it up right there. Um, so the place we stayed was called Studios Clados. It was almost like a little apartment above and had a little kitchenette and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, I do think that we would probably stay somewhere different closer in to where um, the rest of the, the main town is there in Sifnos. You know, Cherisnosis is was charming and, and nice, but probably don't want to make that be your point where you're trying to go around from just because it is so far away and, um, you know, you spend a lot of your time traveling to get there. Melissa said 15, 20 minutes. It was more like 30, 40 minutes oh, okay. to get over there. Well, see how you don't remember stuff. But yeah, I, I, we did spend a lot of time because I do remember like later that day after we were in the car, we went to the beach, but then we had to go all the way back and then come all the way back for dinner. So a couple, so really the main towns, Apollonia maybe, and then uh, Pharos was another one where there was a lot of, looked like a lot of accommodations with a lot of restaurants. And that's where we actually went to dinner. So, and so we're going to put also the links to like, again, the places that we stayed and then a few of the places that we ate as well in some of these places. And um, Melissa mentioned this in the episode where we talk about planning a trip, but one of the things that we she also does now that I don't think we were doing back then so much is creating a Google uh, map and putting the pins on that map of all the, you know, various places that we want to see or do in looking at where we're staying, maybe as compared to the towns. And so I think, you know, hindsight, we would have seen that Cherisnosis was a good ways away from, uh, you know, the, the other towns and probably would have chosen something a little bit uh, more convenient for us. Yes. And was another thing we talked about in our planning a trip episode too, just to help you out. That's definitely something that I do, but I was, I was very easy on Scott. Not like, why did you, take us way out here because he had worked so hard and was so proud of planning, you know, all this part of the trip. Yeah. So it was great. It, and we have great memories. So. It was a great was place great. though. And, you know, once again, that little bay had some magnificent sunsets. And I honestly, I think it was super inexpensive too, like probably like less than a hundred euros a night as well for like a little apartment type place. It did have phenomenal sunsets and was in a great place. So I had not done any research about uh, about Cephnos, and it also is a little, I mean, well, not little, way less touristy, right? So it's going to be a little more difficult to like find, you know, more blog posts and stuff like that. And so when actually when we went and rented the car, I think I asked the person because I actually found a picture on my phone 
where should we go? Like, you know, where do we go now? And so she actually told us, oh, go to this town or go toward this place and you can hike a little ways and there's a restaurant, there's a beach where you can swim and then go to this other beach and you can just kind of walk to these, some of these different places. And so that's exactly what we did. So she said, go to Pharos. There was a pass to the monastery called Chrysopigi, maybe. And there was a beach. And I remember like we swam for a little while and you just walk up to the beach and have lunch. And then we hiked to the monastery and went to another beach as well. So that was just pretty much, we only had, so we only spent two nights here. So we really only had that one full day. And then the next morning we went back to the little town where the ferry was. But, you know, even though we spent a good bit of time talking about how far off we stayed, I would not take Seafnos off of your list. Oh, no, absolutely When you're not. talking about Greece off the beaten path, leave Seafnos on there. It's just, you know, maybe choose a different town to stay in that's a little bit closer to the to the main cities. But if you go out there to Cherisnosis, you won't regret it either. It, like I said, it had its charm and beauty. It was way out there, away from everything else. And so we don't regret any of it, but, uh, you know, just hindsight, we might choose to stay a little bit closer to town. Yeah. And just tips for, you know, kind of looking to see. So the place, the other town where you might want to stay, where we went to dinner, it was actually called Castro, K-A-S-T-R-O, because I think there had been like a castle there. There were some ruins and stuff like that. This was also on the 4th of July. And I know Scott said that he recently found a photo. So it was kind of odd um, that it was the 4th of July and just like, no, you know, you're just such a fireworks everywhere and all around you. So he recently found a, a photo where he had used an app to put fireworks in the background and send it back home to our kids and, yeah. you know, just kind of as a joke or whatever. So, but I do remember, you know, I remember that very clearly. It's like, oh, this is 4th of July, but it's strange. There's no fireworks. So. All right. So we're going to head off of Seafnos now and our next stop is Peros. Yeah, so that was also, we did take the ferry. So we took ferries between all of the the islands. And so this was, this one is definitely the largest. I mean, Milos was pretty big, but this was probably the largest of the islands, I would say, if I remember correctly. And so after our other experiences, like I mentioned, I actually have a picture, like I had screenshotted a place called Melmi Travel Agency and had contacted them ahead of time through email or other online or something like that and and secured a car in that in that fairy town because we were like, okay, our apartment was actually on the other side of the island. And I, th- I believe the town is called Paros and then the island is Paros and then the little town where the ferry comes in is called Paros. Not all the ways the case, but we stayed in a little town called Drios in Tarsus Studios and Apartments. Um, so it was close to a beach called Christi Acti. Yeah, um, Acti. Acti. And there was a lot of shops and restaurants and hotels, but lots of public. I mean, so that's the other thing I guess we need to mention that a lot of these are public just public beaches. So it won't be like the whole island is surrounded by beach. I mean, kind of like Hawaii, right? If you're familiar with Hawaii, there'll be like little bays where have beaches, but like all these places were like just public beaches. And some of them had beach clubs, right? To where then you paid, use their chairs and whatever, but you could just go out there and have towels and and different things like that. So, um, so yeah, so basically on Paris, we just did again, beach hopping. So don't be afraid to, you know, look up a few places. So I did look back on my Google. So I did pin 
So I must have taken like somebody's list and just pinned a bunch of beaches. And of course we couldn't, I mean, there were like dozens. So go to all of them. So I think we would just be driving and, you know, oh, this one's close. And if we saw the sign and and liked it, we would just kind of go to one of those beaches. And so don't be afraid to search out some of the out of the way ones. You definitely won't be disappointed. There were so many beaches on Paro, super accessible. Um, And the waters are beautiful and clear. Um, So that, you know, Mediterranean clear water all around these beaches and you know there wasn't a single one where we were like should we get in the water or not it was like we got to get in this water oh yeah absolutely yeah and just like like bays like not like waves either too right because they're bays like protected bays as well and almost everywhere like during the day in the evening would have little restaurants and stuff like that so you don't really have to worry about you know unless you just go to something that is way off the beaten path and there were a few but typically still close by there were places where you could either pick up food or just go into their little restaurant bathing suit on you know cover up whatever it didn't it didn't matter either so and unlike our experiences in the uk and those places these restaurants didn't close real early and so you had plenty of time to go out and enjoy the beaches during the day maybe even go back take a nap and then head in and go grab some dinner somewhere. Yes. So Greece is definitely for us because we don't have to worry about starving at night. So we also discovered that you could take, so we had the car, but we also discovered that you could take a ferry or a car ferry, well, the ferry, which was a car ferry, over to a little small island called Antiparos. And so in the little town that it took you into was absolutely adorable. I mean, just absolutely cute little shops and restaurants. And I got a neat pair of like suede sandals there. And so Antiparos is actually a town where Tom Hanks has a house or had a house at the time that we were there. And so we drove down to the town of Soros and we just went to the beach. They had like a little beach club there. And I think we got drinks, maybe something to eat as well. Paris was also stopped for us where we could wash clothes. So we talk about not taking and overpacking when you go on these trips. Melissa talked about the cobblestone streets. So bringing a rolling bag is difficult. And this is where our e-bags backpacks come into play. Highly recommend those. And we have a link out in our favorites to these backpacks. Just a little side note, my dad and stepmom are heading to Italy in a few weeks and they heard us talk about these e-bags backpacks so much that they went online and bought some for themselves. So they're going to take our advice while they're in Italy and they're going to go with the backpack instead of rolling suitcases. And we can't wait to hear that, how that turns out for them. Yes, we absolutely love those bags. Um, So we actually were planning on, it was like a Easy Wash self-service laundry place. And I actually had made a note. The actual the port town, I think, is called Caleria, um, K-I-L-L-I-E-R-A. And But they were actually, you could just like leave it with them and they would wash it for, I don't know, it was, it was super cheap. And so we were like, oh, well, that'd be great because then we wouldn't have to sit there and wash and dry and we could just go on to the beach. So we ended up just ha- dropping it off at this place and having them do our laundry for us. So that was that was nice. So, Melissa, let's talk about a few of our favorite things about these Greek islands. What would you say, you know, maybe the top four or five things that you you found about them? So everybody was just absolutely friendly and would just go out of their way to, um, 
you know, like help, like make suggestions or help you find things or like for the instance of the place where the people didn't have any more rental cars, but they were like, oh, we know a guy. I mean, these places aren't like hugely, you know, populated either. And so, oh, we know a guy. And that's when she called the other guy and he went and got the car or the place where we stayed. And a lot of the places too are, let's say family run. So the place on Milos, like I remember she, the, the lady who ran it also, like her son, like helped or whatever and she was like oh he like either does that too or knows a guy or something like that and they actually brought the car to us I remember instead yeah. of us then having to take transportation they like brought the rental car to us and you know rent, yeah I know somebody who does that so just super friendly super helpful you know super happy that we were there and and I remember that even being there was a bit of a language barrier there but worked hard through it and helped us get that settled you know even though there was a language barrier yeah, that's true. And that's why that's probably why I have a lot of these things like like written down, right? Oh, here's it. So you can find it on the map too. Because well, and so you'll also find that the signs there, so it has like in the Greek and then and then of course in the English. But you also have to be very careful. So I will give this tip and I just thought of this, but when you are looking up some of these places, like in Google. There's probably, let's just take the example of the Galini that we stayed at on Milos. Well, you look up Galini and then you're going to have like Galini, like a probably on every single island. So you have to specifically say, okay, Galini this on Milos, that kind of thing. Cause you'll yeah. find like a lot of these similar names as well. So just some of that. And then the spellings might be close, even in English, or they'll spell it a different, you know, a little bit different way. But yeah, they do work hard to like just try to communicate with you and just super friendly. And my favorite, which is outdoor dining, of course, just like being able to sit outside a lot of times by the water. And then, of course, the fact that it was it's very inexpensive to eat and stay, but and to eat as well. So. So I really liked that the different styles of beaches that they had. It's some of the most beautiful water that you can imagine, but they have rocky beaches, they have sandy beaches. And then, you know, also some were busier than others. So. There was a couple of places where we might have been, you know, one of two people or, you know, a couple of a couple of people on the beach. But because they weren't really touristy places, right, you could have, you know, the whole beach to yourself. And it was just really nice. Um, and so this is a time where we just really relaxed and enjoyed our time to the fullest. We didn't spend any time on phones and stuff like that. I mean, just really unplugged and recharged our batteries on these islands. And then Melissa, I think you have one more thing that is your favorite and it was all over these islands. Oh yes. The Bougainvillea. I just absolutely love and the Bougainvillea and it just thrives. It's, it's a plant that has variety. It can become in variety of colors, but just, it just thrives with the the rain and the dryness and the heat and the humidity and, and all that that they get there. So absolutely love. I'm trying to grow some bougainvillea in my yard, which we'll see how that does. It was beautiful blooming at first, but hasn't bloomed since. So hopefully. Well, it was funny because we asked somebody what we what we needed to do to make it bloom and they told us to ignore it. Yeah. He said, just let it dry out and then, yeah, water it and stuff like that. And so that's what I mean, a lot of this is just wild, but it it's beautiful because it grows, you know, on, up the side of these buildings or beside these buildings. And then you just have the, the juxtapositions and the stone walls and you just have the juxtaposition between the white and then a lot of the blue, the shades of blue within this bougainvillea. And it's just absolutely some of the most beautiful 
pictures and vision that you can you could see. Well, let's give a few travel tips. How long should you realistically allocate for this trip? So we flew from Santorini to from Naples. So we did two nights on Santorini, three on Milos, two on Seafnos, and then two on Paros. And then from, we didn't mention this, but from Paros, then we flew from Paros, then back to Athens. It was just quicker and probably least expensive because it would, it would be really far. So we spent about 10 days just on the islands, not including the travel days or Athens. And so, of course, you don't have to spend that long, but... If, if you're you going to go that far, it. yeah, and if you're going to go that that far, that far from the US, then try to spend as much time just seeing the different islands as you can. So. And I would say this is a place where you probably want to carry some cash and, you know, have a way to get more cash out of ATMs because in these smaller islands, you know, like like we said, this is a little bit off the beaten path. And maybe, you know, now three years later, maybe a few more places take credit cards, but I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't chance that. So have a little bit of cash with you for things like food and incidentals and stuff like that. There were ATMs, so if you have your ATM card, you can get cash while you're there. Yeah, and just a tip, just make sure that you contact your bank and your credit card. Credit card's not usually as big of a deal, but contact your bank and credit cards and just let them know, but especially your, you know, for using your ATM as well. So if they do take cards, they typically don't take Amex. So make sure that you have some kind of travel visa card as well, one that doesn't have foreign transaction fees. So we'll lo- link a couple of our favorites in the show notes as well. So just have ones that have travel perks and then you could use them if needed. Yeah, right now our favorite is the Chase Sapphire card. That's the one that we personally use the most and get the most rewards points from. And so we have an affiliate link to sign up for this card and uh, we highly recommend it. I was just in New York this week. And for example, one of the benefits is as I took a lift, I got 10 times the points for every dollar by using Lyft. And so, you know, it's a great travel rewards program. And like Melissa said, because they don't take American Express in a lot of these places, Visa is generally accepted, and so it's very easy to use. Yeah, and if you do the reserve card, I mean, it does have an annual fee, but you get 300 of it back in travel credits. In addition to the Lyft, it gives you the global entry slash TSA every little every once in you know a while when be time for it to expire. And then also it gives you three times the points on for restaurants as well. So not all the places take it. So I will say like if we book these on booking.com and then some of them had you pay, you could pay through that or, you know, it'd pay at the, at the hotel or some, you could just, you know, pay at the hotel, but you still get the, you know, the genius rewards or whatever the levels that get you on booking is also. So I would also recommend that at least one person needs to have a data plan on your phone Places that we stayed have Wi-Fi, but it's handy to be able to get to maps. I mean, you probably want to also download the offline maps on Google Maps also, just in case you don't have data service. But there was data service there. So I would just say get uh, get a data plan just in case, too, and then be able to use those. So I personally use T-Mobile. And I typically will get it, depending on our travels, 10 or 30 day plan. And then Scott uses Xfinity and just gets the daily international plans. But I would say at least one person on just 
anytime you go international, have some kind of data plan just in case. So, And as with every destination episode, we ask Melissa, what do you need to pack for a trip off the beaten path in Greece? So I would say not a lot. And definitely you're going to want to pack light so that you can carry things on the ferries because you just have to like carry them on the ferry and put them on the, you probably want to put them on the little luggage, you know, rack there on planes and not have to pay extra baggage. And they're small planes. And and they're small planes and the rental car. So so we definitely recommend that you check out our episode 13, our essential packing tips, but especially for this trip. But other than that, a couple of bathing suits, a couple of cover-ups that you also feel comfortable, like that you could throw on and sit at a restaurant. So maybe sundresses for dinner, lightweight shorts or a tank top, if you prefer that as well. And then I did shoes that I could easily walk in and slash wear to the beach and also wear to dinner. And so I recommend like my pair of Birkenstocks for this purpose. I have a ton of them, but like one that's like thong that like looks a little bit more dressy, but then you can also walk comfortably on the beach and it doesn't really matter if they get wet. So there were lots of times in Greece where we had to park um, and then we walked a little way to the beach or we walked further down the beach to kind of get away. Like people would, you know, obviously congregate like closer to where they park. So that, that one pair of shoes fit all those purposes. And you may want a pair of tennis shoes, you know, if you like to run or walk or, you know, want to work out. But um, of course I will say too, like these places that we stayed didn't have like workout places. So, you know, you'd have to stay in bigger hotels for that or just kind of come up with your own plan. And then just besides that, just your toiletries and your essentials, you know, supplements and different things like that in small containers. Let's be very clear though. I don't remember seeing any big hotels on these islands. Yeah. Not on these islands. There wouldn't be, you would only find those in, um, which is why we recommended, you know, using booking to find some of the places to stay that paired along with your Google map to look at locations of things you know, you do that, you're going to be fine. But yeah, there's no, I didn't see any major hotels there. So Melissa's right. Don't expect there to be workout facilities in the places that you're staying. Your workout's going to be going to the beach, swimming, you know, walking or running up and down the beach. That's where you're going to get your workout most likely while you're there. But you know, Hey, this is a time for you to unplug and relax. And so just enjoy the time. Yeah. And so then a couple of other things that we we talked about. So add these to your packing list for this one for the fairies, headphones, just in case, or, and then probably most people carry those when they travel, but then look into something like the little, the armbands for the pressure points for motion sickness, just in case, or getting the patches just to have, or Scott has recently got one of the relief bands as well. So... Well, we really only scratched the surface of places to go and see in Greece. I feel like we could stay there for a month and still not do this place enough justice. The good news is that we can put it all on the list for another trip in the future. We'd love to know about your favorite off-the-beaten-path places in Greece that you've visited. Leave us a comment or send us a message. We're always inspired by your stories. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll find some inspiration to help you with your travel journeys. Please consider going on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. The more five-star reviews we have, the more likely we are to be featured and discovered by others. Be sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new episodes as they are released. You can also find us on Instagram as Sunshine Travelers Podcast. Remember that's travelers with one L. Most importantly, share it with your friends to help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companion.